All right, how you guys doing? This is Bandit with the LSD podcast. I am here with a wonderful poet, writer, and artist from the city of Chicago, Miss Tyna. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm straight. You know, uh, it's a nice Saturday after damn afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> I got a nice little beverage in my hand. You got a nice little beverage in your hand. Day drinking. Day drinking. The joys of being an adult on the weekends. Not doing homework and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but as the title um, explained to you, gave you a little brief synopsis, we're going to be talking about sexual promiscuity, growing in your promiscuity, and as well as just talking on how you were able to find yourself and develop as a person and then we're going to get on the topic of this whole culture that um society like the labels that society puts on you and just necessarily how you view the word hoe or whore yeah. versus how society would view that shit okay and then you can also we can also talk about the uh double standards that a lot of people have with it and it's wild because it's more so nowadays women that'll focus more on the double standards mm -hmm. than men would mm -hmm. like a lot of men are growing to the point where i don't want to say a lot but majority of men that are free thinking grow, grow to the point like yo why can't a woman do the same thing that a man does and they're labeled a hoe but he's labeled something else mm -hmm. or he's not looked down upon or degraded for the simple fact that he's doing this yeah. so back on it so, so speaking on it, Ma, um, how did you first feel when you discovered your sexuality? Well, um, hmm. I don't know. Like, so I remember, I remember as early as four years old, having an attraction to, to girls, to women. I remember having crushes on, on all my young, beautiful aunties. Mm -hmm. I remember like, you ain't the um, only one. <laughs> I remember, uh, you know, being being uh, first generation Liberian Nigerian, um, we have like these kinship groups where we have people who are called cousins, called aunties, called family. They're who, not. Yeah, we're not actually related. So our dating pool is so small because we're encouraged to re remain within our communities, mm -hmm. but not to fraternize with one another sexually. Obviously, nobody should be fraternizing in this way as a child. True. But it's just a seed that gets planted in your brain early to the point where when you are a teenager, your sexuality is already kind of repressed before you even get a chance to um, to experiment with it, right? So, like I said, I remember being like four years old and being attracted to women, being attracted to girls, and not having an outlet to discuss that. But there was also an attraction to men as well because I would see my big brother, I would see my older male cousins and uncles and be like, oh, okay, when I do meet a man, I want him to look like this. I want him to be like this. Um, but once again, like there wasn't really um, a space to, to discuss these things as a young age, being right. from um, a model minority household um, with such a strong respectability politic, it was very difficult to, um, to go about the process of discovering myself. So, when I turned 16, mm -hmm. I got my first boyfriend, right? Um, and uh, 16. 16. That's kind of late. That's extremely late. But hey, growing, <laughs> Sweet 16. growing up in the African community, yo, like from from birth until 
it's fucked up to say to your parents die hmm. you are still their child yeah. and <laughs> it doesn't matter if you're married it doesn't matter how many kids you have you're still that child yeah so trying to express yourself in let your wings flex <laughs> oh that's dead they clipping you from the get go <laughs> i um i had a little girlfriend in elementary school but you know it's like an elementary school crush like what year uh sixth grade oh. it was like ooh, she kissed me oh, <laughs> tell all my little friends "Ooh, she kissed me little like no nah, but i didn't have my first like legitimate girlfriend until like eighth grade and um, it was interesting. She was older, though. Mm-hmm. She was a freshman in high school. So it wasn't like that big of a gap. You know how certain people be like, man, I was in eighth grade, jammed down on juniors in high school. Ooh, like, yucks. Hold on, cuz. So you was 13, 12, 13, dating a 16-year-old. So you were getting raped, essentially. You were molested. Yeah. You was getting molested by the guy. Like, Straight up. Like, it don't even matter. Like, the moment somebody... Like, the moment you enter high school, mm-hmm. you don't touch eighth graders. Real shit. The moment you enter senior year, you stop fucking with freshmen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say it again. Oh, you know what? Let me not even say that. The moment you hit 18, you stop fucking with freshmen. Because, dog, you're 18. She's... 14? 14, 15. Like, the, yeah, they got these, like, Romeo and Juliet laws, but, oh, my nigga, like, how, how, you, uh, how you going to v- visit her family, like, <laughs> with a full face? And it's the women, too. How are you going to visit your 14, 15-year-old partner's mm-hmm. parents, mm-hmm. and you're about to tell them, oh, yeah, I'm about to go off to school? Oh, word. But, <laughs> No, so I had my first sexual experience in eighth grade. Well, no, no. I lost my virginity when I was 12. But that's a conversation for another day. But my first actual, I'm initiating this sexual experience was in eighth grade. That's kind of early, wouldn't you say? 12 is kind of early. Yeah. But we can get on the topic of uh, black molestation another day. But discover like I, I knew from the get go, I, I I like girls. Mm-hmm. I ain't never like boys. They don't make <laughs> they don't make my dick jump. I'm sorry. <laughs> like yo, oh, I see a fine I see a fine ass woman on public transportation just walking in the street. And I'm like, all right, hold on, chill out, my nigga, chill out, just relax. You know, you gotta stand there, cross your legs. They like you looking for directions on your phone. Like man, what street am I supposed to turn on? Alright, cool, I'm done. But I've always been attracted to, like, the form of a woman. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as you were saying, growing up, we had the same group of cousins. You know, I'm even doing air quotes right now. Cousins. Yeah. And as you're growing up with them, you're you're seeing that they're gorgeous and they're beautiful, but then you have that cultural that cultural restraint placed on you, like their family, yeah. this, that, and other. Now, when you're young, you don't know how the African community works. You think that they're legit, you're blood cousins. Mm-hmm. And then you grow up and get older and you're in high school and your parents like, oh, why don't you go out this person one day? My cousin? Oh, they not your blood cousin? All of a sudden. Oh, word? <laughs> okay. Okay. Because you want some grandkids now or something? That's cool. So, 
no, nah, I'm not going to do it because you've grown up with this individual to where your family, you call their mother aunt. You can't go from, yo, that's my aunt, my cousin to that's my shorty and her mom. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not that's not going to work. But after I discovered that I loved the female body, hormones took me to places I've never seen before. My body count skyrocketed my sophomore year of high school. Not even my sophomore year. The first half of my sophomore year. The, from August to... There was this young lady. We're going to call her Spicy Gang. Spicy gang. You know, I, I'm not gonna gang, throw out. There's a lot of spicy gangs in my life. Yeah. <laughs> this was uh, this was major spicy gang. So before her, it was twelve other shorties from August to I think we got together like in February or March. So from August to February or March, twelve other young ladies that I'm entering. That's a lot for high school. That's a lot for a couple of months. Yeah. Now that's nothing. Now you know. Now that I'm an adult. It's just like yo. It's casual now. Like, you can have how many partners that you want, you know, if you're safe, that's another. Mm-hmm. But back then, all you knew was, yo, I put this, I put this little rubber thing on my dick, I'm good money. Mm-hmm. And then you start seeing a whole bunch of homies, their girls getting pregnant, you, mm-hmm. what you doing? What you doing? Like, man, yo, once you, once you take that little thing off you, man, oh, it's, it's beautiful. The Twilight Zone. Man, you take that little bad boy off for a quick second, toot toot. You like, yo, what do I need you for again? Man. But no, nah, but then you have to look back to the fact that growing up in this specific community, conversations about sex <laughs> with parents never happened. Yeah. With mine, it never happened. I discovered sex on my own, mm. and. You know what? Fuck it. So the first, so I was twelve years old. This young lady was sixteen, and she was a friend of the family. Of course. So I'm. I found a video and I'm watching it, and you know I'm starting to feel weird about it. So I can't necessarily talk to my mother about it. So I talked to this friend of the family, and she was like, "Oh, that's you know that's that's porn. You know, that's sex. That's when a man and a woman they have you know sexual relations. You know, babies born this that, and the other." I'm like, "Oh wow." It looks like it's enjoyable. She's like, it is. I was like, okay, cool. Can't wait to have it one day. It's like, that day can happen soon. I'm like, how? Like, like how is that supposed to happen soon? Like, if you're saying, you know, man and woman, it's like, nah, you can have it now. I was like, I don't know who to, like, do it with. And, you know. 16, Man, she put her hand up, like, I'll help you with it. Oh. Okay. So, I lost my virginity then. You know. And. What if she was a dude? talking about this in a, in a way if, if she was a dude I mean yo it's still molestation at the oh, fact the, like the fact that remains is still molestation like yo she um I like you can't necessarily say that I'm blameless because I did you know go forth with this conversation I did say okay let's do it but you know as a 12 year old mm-hmm. you're not fully developed to oh, like yeah. understand you know the ramifications of entering that but the shit happened so I discovered sex and I just went from there. It was just like a damn boulder sliding down the mountain. It's just how I hit rock bottom so fast. So you would describe it as an addiction? Is sex an addiction? No, because there's been times where I've gone long, like long stretches without sex, and it's not something that I need. 
it's more so when you like to do something, mm. you'll do it. But then if you don't really feel like it, you got other things to occupy your mind. I mean, but I feel like in my mind, the definition of addiction is not like how many, how often you do something. It's the feeling that you get when you do engage in it, like a, a super heightened emotion that that is is more than what. Yeah, super heightened emotion. I don't, I don't. At, at twelve, being in thinking about your story, being introduced to sex at twelve by a much older girl, you know, who was much more aware of herself and um and entering what it the ramifications of entering that space. Um, I feel like that before you even got a chance to decide, you know, how do I really feel about this? You know, is this something I should really be engaging in at this time? Like, I feel like um, she took away your choice in in um, engaging, finding a healthy threshold for engaging in sex in terms of like how often, how many partners, you know, things of that nature. Not to say that like, we there there's a body count number that is appropriate or not appropriate mm-hmm. um but um i can tell you right now mine's not this young south african chick stopped talking to me because i uh i told her what my body count was at the time that we were talking she was just like mm, like i could see in her face like she did a little mm, like cringe when she did it yeah. and she's like i've only had sex with one person and we only like did it twice mm. and i'm like oh okay like yo like yo her, her fuck number could be one or it could be a hundred yeah. it's like you fuck people yeah. you gonna put me at risk you got a uh, you got some you got some swimming in that, that pussy of yours nah you got some swimming in that bloodstream nah <laughs> then we good money yeah but then you know this jumping in the topic of how society sees people like mm-hmm. a man in my case, can have sex with a whole bunch of women and looked as is, yo, you the man, you awesome. Mm-hmm. But you flip that to, but then that also that also goes into sexual identity. identity. Because if it's a woman having sex with a bunch of other women, mm-hmm. like a stud or a femme, she doesn't get that same scrutiny and that same, yeah, that's true. Like that same uh, degradation from society because it's a woman. Mm-hmm. She's not necessarily being penetrated by X amount of penises. Yeah, most people don't even count lesbian sex as real sex, which is like <laughs> the furthest thing from truth. Sex. <laughs> Here's the thing. There's a difference between sex, sexual intercourse, fucking, and then making love. You can put making love in there. Because like sex is just, you know, actual reaching that point of ecstasy, reaching completion is sex. I wouldn't even say that. Sexual intercourse is <laughs> sexual, inter- to me, sexual intercourse is the action of attempting to produce a child. Hmm. Then you have fucking, which a lot of people do when they're just fucking. They're trying to get that quick nut and they're gone. And then making love is like you're with a partner or you're with someone that you feel safe with that you can I wouldn't necessarily explore further into like your sexual deviancy because they love to be like you're a sexual deviant <laughs> shut up before i smack you with this paddle and put this ball gag in your mouth okay let me t- okay bdsm we- let me yeah, tell you something yo just uh, but no <laughs> we gotta i think we should backpedal a little bit but no with like <laughs> with like making love it's because i know a lot of people have had experiences where they just go in to get that quick instant gratification and they're done 
other people, when the making love aspect comes into it, I wouldn't say they're more tender or gentle, but they're making it last longer. Mm -hmm. They're trying to enjoy each other's bodies and not just that small little portion. Yeah. So that's that's how I feel about it. And understanding the um the difference between the four, you know like where you lie. So with like lesbian sex, a lot of them make love more than just fuck it. Because they're exploring each other's bodies more. I mean, we don't we don't know that. We don't know that for sure. You know, it's it's kind of dangerous to make that assumption even though, you know, it's definitely not a social faux pas to want to please people. And to want to explore, you know, further in terms of like two women interacting in that way, but we don't want to assume that like um, just because it's two women, it means that it's automatically sensual and slow and loving. Like it, it doesn't necessarily have to be that. Man, I've seen I've seen some stud, some stud porn. Them bitches just wild. Okay. No res, <laughs> yo, <know>? no respect <laughs> with the strap on whatsoever. Well, yeah, I mean they're responding to like a a, a dominant male culture, like a hyper masculinity, a toxic masculinity, and um and that makes sense. Like, but even even before we like dip into that, uh, I'm gonna backpedal to my first sexual experiences, mm-hmm. at least my first legitimate sexual experiences. Um, I don't really want to go into my um my spaces of child abuse because you know um yours 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 is definitely on on a scale of trauma but mine is like all the way left you know um so yeah that's definitely another another episode yeah but um you know at at 16 i had sex for the first time i had legitimate legitimate sexual interaction for the first time and that was with my first boyfriend who i ended up staying with for seven years Seven years. You're beating me by four, ma. (laughs) Four Uh, years. I was in a long relationship. So age 16 to 24. And um, I mean, what they say is true. If you haven't tried it anywhere else, like you just assume that it's everything in your life. And it definitely wasn't. Mm -hmm. And um, he used it as a system of control. So like the sex wasn't amazing. Like the, the, the connection wasn't amazing. Like. I couldn't even get it when I wanted it. Like It was just there when it, he wanted it. Supplied. He just, I don't know. God bless his soul. I pray he's all right. Moving on. Uh, ending at 24. <laughs> ending at 24 was really when I had my sexual awakening in actuality. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I went crazy. I ain't even gonna lie. Now, we're here to talk, we're here to speak about sex in a sex positive manner. But in... <clears throat> In discussing sex positivity, we have to um, discuss the urgency of sex positivity in response to what a lot of us experience, which is like sexual trauma, mm-hmm. which is like not being informed because of like these this like sh- these strict cultural institutions that we talked about earlier. So once again, starting to date for the first time at 24, essentially, I went off. I went all the way left, like one night stands, Craigslist. You know, threesomes with people that I didn't know, like, just, like, very, very, like, shady stuff. Um, Promiscuity is one thing. If done, you know, physically, if done physically safe, like, you know, like your prophylactics, like your conversations. Mm -hmm. But it's another thing when you're responding to trauma, you know, when you're responding to loneliness and being hurt and you're using sex as a tool Rather than, you know, as something that is pleasurable and something that is healthy. Yeah, so using sex as a means of escape. Exactly. Instead of as a, 
as just enjoyment. Yeah. So, you know, I thought, I thought that I was looking for enjoyment for a long time, but what I realized, you know, escapism was like really what I was after. And, um, you know, the, the sex, the sex was just not, it just wasn't good for like two, for like two years after that. How old am I now? I just turned 27. No, for like a year. Yeah. Like a year. It just wasn't good because I was just like, I was random. I was going to the club. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the wild hair. (laughs) I was going to the club. Shameless promotion. (laughs) Okay. If you ever want to enter your whole stage, uh, do the wild hair, the mid, the promontory. Okay. Um, but also, damn, we might have to bleep that out. They might not appreciate that advertisement. It's cool. Yeah. (laughs) But, um, I, it was, it was, it was, it was a hard time and it was a sad and lonely time, Mm -hmm. but I also am grateful that I never ended up in a place that was too bad. I was never, I was never, um, overly inebriated. Everything that I did, I did sober. I was on like some, let me, let me be bold type shit. So I'm going to the club with intention. Like I'm fucking tonight type shit, you know? And, um, I didn't know where I was going to end up. So I needed to be alert. So if I needed to fight, I could. Oh man. Damn. It's just so slippery. Like this talk about sex, when you come from such a, um, a hyper respectable background, it gets slippery talking about sex and sexual awakening into talking about trauma and abuse. They're virtually inseparable when you don't grow up in a sex positive environment. So I really hate that like the mood kind of has gone down, but there is a necessity in staying in this place because so many of, of, um, of youth in our, in our experience deal with this shit and don't talk about it because of the shame around. I messed up. I had one night stands with people that I wouldn't associate with in the light of day, you know? Um, true, true. Big facts. And we're back, you know, damn dogs out here barking for no goddamn reason. Like who you, who you bark, fam? My nigga, yo, somebody put a muzzle on him or something. Like my boyfriend recently said, every band has a little roof, roof in them. Everybody has a little roof, roof in them. Don't say men, because this is this this some men out here that's quiet in the church mice. Everybody, everybody can go there. Everybody can get a little gutter every now and again. We ain't lie. Cause, uh, yeah, I was, I was about that. Um, but you know, after, after I went through my, uh, stage of escapism, then I wanted to date legitimately. Mm -hmm. And this is when it got really hard because now I'm starting to see myself as someone who is worth dates, you know, getting to know, finessing, if you will. And I couldn't get that because I would disclose, you know, I've been around because I didn't see any shame in it. Mm-hmm. On the surface, I just thought like, I, I've always served to dismantle this double standard. And I'm a hyper honest person because I was in a long relationship where 
um, there was so much gaslighting and there were so many smoke and mirrors that when I did meet somebody, even if it was for a night or a week or a few times, you wanted to be open. Yes. Put everything on the table. Absolutely. Because I know that that is, that is the way to go at the end of the day. It may not feel good in the beginning. It may not be sexy. You know, it may not be movie picture ready, but those conversations need to be had. You don't need to disclose your body count, of course. But if you've engaged in certain risky behavior, you know, if you like your sex a way that is not too vanilla, like these are things that you need to discuss before you enter that space, before you, you know, get into like the heat of passion or however you want to describe it. See, I, on the other hand, I'm a smoking mirrors type of guy when it comes to sex. There, there's few people that know what I really into. But some people say, oh, is this a fetish? Is it something that you need to be done? No. We, 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 can, we can link, do missionary, doggy style, verse cowgirl. You go about your way. And then there'll be one young lady. I got her hanging from the ceiling, ropes <laughs> everywhere. I got, got a pat on my head like, yeah. <laughs> you, <laughs> you under my control right now. Showtime. So it's, it goes back to like, being who I am and certain people get certain parts of me mm-hmm. and that goes to families partners like there's few partners that I that know what I'm into mm-hmm. but after my three-year relationship ended and it ended terribly I I wouldn't necessarily say I fell off the wagon but I may walk beside it <laughs> <laughs> I mean <laughs> I may have been walking in tandem with the wagons um forward momentum but no, like I, I just went wild because I dedicated so much to this situation and I was still at a point where I was I didn't feel open enough to express myself to them. Mm-hmm. So when I finally got out of that, y'all gonna hear this word a lot. Well, this phrase a lot with this podcast, wild scumbagging. Lord. <laughs> Lord. And I'm just... I just grew into a wild scumbag. Like, I'm of the mindset is that I'm not going to judge anybody on their sexual experience or lack of experience, the number of partners they've had, or the things that they've done. Only thing I'm going to judge you on is if you were not safe throughout that journey. Like, there's a lot of individuals that I know that have contracted STDs, or they've lost the ability to utilize their parts. And I asked them, like, yo, why? Like, how did you get there? Like, I want to understand before I offer any type of any type of opinion on it. And they'll tell me, man, shit, it was college. That's not an excuse. This is like saying, yo, I went, I, I went to Vegas and I cheated on my wife. Why? It was Vegas. That's not an excuse. If you knew that you were liable to have certain ramifications occur to you, why are you then putting yourself in this sort of situation? But they can never explain it. So how about you speak more so on not necessarily your experiences, but dealing with how the double standards can affect your life? In thinking about the double standard between men and women and sexual promiscuity, um, I would definitely have to say it, it hasn't, hmm, 
I don't, yeah, I don't know how to start this because I, I come from a space where, I mean, I'm bi, so I'm interacting with both men and women. And uh, in the in the household, which is like, once again, model minority, Liberian, you know, upbringing, my mother, you know, she's, she's been a, a she's a veteran, a veteran medical professional, like over 40 years. And she would say things like, you know, uh, being bisexual is how, you know, people contract AIDS. That, that isn't logically sound. Um, but it goes back to like the, the illogical nature of the respectability politic. Um, so in, in thinking about this double standard, you know, these scare tactics were placed on me as a means to not, um, to not go outside and, and, and adventure. Um, I feel that if I was a male, I wouldn't have gotten, I wouldn't have received these same scare tactics. Oh, hell no. Let me stop you right there. My mom, she wouldn't let me go nowhere when I was shorty. Like, there were a few times where I was allowed to go engage, like, have actual social interactions with people my age. Mm. Discovering myself. Like, she was rigid from, now I get, you know, being in fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth grade, your parents not going to let you go anywhere. But the fact that they wouldn't even let you go out to functions, mm. birthday parties, because they want you to be home in their, their bubble of, I want to say this in a political way, their bubble of influence. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They don't want you mm-hmm. to necessarily, necessarily go out into the world and experience the things that it has for you. They don't want you. They don't want you to go out there and find different influences and different forms of stimuli um, compared to what they want you to be exposed to. Yeah. So you can't necessarily go out there and have the real talk with your friends about being a kid, you know, having their lifestyle, like what they've gone through, this, that, and the other. So... With me, I used to have to fight my mom to, like, go to a birthday party. Like, I think the only time I ever went out, there was this young lady, and she's very big in, like, the poetry and black community in the city. And the only time I was ever allowed to go out was to her birthday party. She had a little skating party, elementary school. I wasn't even allowed to stay the entire time. Like, my moms came and scooped me up, like... Maybe an hour, hour and a half into it. And I'm just like, yo, that was an opportunity, you know, for me to learn how to ice skate, me to learn how to, like, have child, like, child-to-child interactions. Didn't happen. High school came around. Like, yo, I'm not dependent on you anymore. I'm at school. I'm able to join clubs. I'm able to do sports, that's and the other. So I didn't necessarily develop proper social interactions with people. Until after high school. Yeah. Like, in high school, I was one of those individuals that you people would say, oh, you're easily influenced by those you're around. Like, I would follow the actions and mannerisms of other people because I never had the opportunity to develop myself. Absolutely. And that flipped completely into the sexual spectrum mm-hmm. where, like, I was dating these young ladies... And, well, I don't want to say anything back there. I'm faithful in a relationship. Let me put that out there. I'm faithful in a relationship until my partner does 
one of two things. Because I tell them out front, you are, well, now I tell them you're an adult. You know what can or cannot be done in a, you know, a respectful, monogamous, adult relationship. So if you cheat, ma, just don't let me find out. Like, I'm not going to fucking lie to you. If you choose to cheat, don't let me find out. Because if you do, it's going to go one of two ways. I am going to get back at you and it's going to be 10 times worse. I'm going to drop you. I'm going to drop you regardless once I find out. But I'm going to make sure that one, you know that I know what you did. And then I'm going to do something scandalous to you. Like, it's 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 really into the area of you cheated on me. That's disrespectful. I'm your partner. I'm your mate. Then it's you didn't even have the fucking respect to keep it under wraps. You didn't respect me enough to keep that to yourself. Or at least discuss the option of an open relationship. You know, discuss the option of stepping out because I'm really feeling this one boop, boop, boop. You like, know? yo, I didn't, even, I didn't even understand the terms of open relationship until Facebook became a thing. And it was under the relationship status, open relationship. Wow. I'm like, what the fuck is that? So I did I did my Googles and I was like, oh, so you can just like date and talk to other people, but you have a primary partner. Mm-hmm. And everyone's in the know. Nah, I'm not with that. I'm stingy. <laughs> Yo, I'm stingy. Like, if I'm getting into a relationship with someone, you're my partner. That's it, that's all. Ain't no other. If I'm in a situation, fly free, beloved. <laughs> Spread your fucking wings and fly. Because I'm not going to hold you back. I'm going to let you do you. So, my sexual awakening wasn't until I started dating this older woman after a three-year-long relationship. Because for about six months after me and that young lady finally ended it, in 2015, I was just out there. That's when when Tinder was popping. That's when... Plenty of fish. Okay, Cupid was popping, and I was just like, "Yo, shorty, let's you know, let's link, let's go out to eat this, that, and the other." Oh, I'm not looking for hookups. Okay, that's cool. We can still link and kick it. We can still link and go get some food. And I developed myself into, if you're not mine, I don't give a fuck what you do. Just don't bring nothing back to me. Don't put me at risk. Like dead ass. If you don't want to go fuck a whole bunch of other people, if you want to go have wild orgy parties, I've, I'm down with that. I've been to orgy parties at hotels and things like that. I'm not going to begrudge you for what you do with your personal time. Just don't bring it. Don't bring any shit back to me. So that's how now I've developed a mindset like, yo, if I'm going to enter a sexually liberated mindset, I need to be conservative with my body. Hmm. Like, I'm going to fuck who I want. I'm going to fuck how I want. I'm going to fuck when I want. Mm -hmm. But you have to follow certain guidelines if you want to fuck me. Mm -hmm. I'm protective of me. You're signing a consent form where I'm going to list out the things that I do, the things that I like. You say what you're down with, what you're not down with. You put your little... Put your little little initials there. You sign at the bottom, so we both know what's happening. This real shit, nigga. You really got. I, I gotta see this form. forms, dog. I have yo, ma. I'm. I like to give head. Now, sometimes I will have dental dam. Sometimes I don't. Depending on who you are to me. If you're just a one night stand, put some dental dam right on your shit. And we good. But if you're someone that I'm trying to enter into a consistent fuck, like consistent friends with benefits type shit. 
we, you and I are both going to get tested together. Mm-hmm. You and I can wait because sometimes you can get your results back in a day. Sometimes it takes seven to ten. Mm-hmm. We're going to wait until the results come back. If we both clean and clear, we're good money. Another thing, you got to be on birth control. Because not, I'm not trying to put myself at risk. Because with a child, then comes all these other things where you start learning who this person is. You have to become invested because if that person is potentially pregnant with your child, they are now a part of your life. I mean, but, you know, to I'm not saying that you're, you're forcing per se because you do have a consent form and you can initial or not. But um, there's this... this um, this sort of like this weight behind the birth control i i don't necessarily agree with that because it has so many bad effects on the female body um and and this is something that we just know in in, in you know in general society like yeah cuz cuz you're inhibiting your body from performing a natural thing of course and then you're you're introducing your body to different drugs and things that are yeah. affecting you in different ways. I don't know. I just, I don't really think it's like crazy ethical to like, to lean heavily on. Um, oh no, it's not, it's not a lean heavily thing. It's just like, yo, if you're on birth control, condoms are childish to me, but I still use them. Okay. Where my, where my bag at? I got a, my bag over there. My bag over there <laughs> has a forehead. Pack. My bag over there has a pack of condoms with four missing. Because I use them, motherfuckers. But if it comes back that you have nothing, I have nothing, we can fuck. We're adults. Eliminate the whole you getting pregnant thing. I'm like, yo, are you on birth control? I'm not saying you have to be on birth control. I just want to know, are you on birth control? A word? Okay, let me see the proof. Because certain motherfuckers will tell you, oh, yeah, I'm on birth control. Yeah. <laughs> but people will also be on birth control and not take it consistently. You know? See, that's a thing. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand the pill shit. Like that pill regimen, like, yo, you miss one pill, you playing with fire. Mm-hmm. So, but then you got the, the IUD that can really fuck up like someone's internal organs, stomach lightness, that other. You get the depo shot, that shit can cause a whole bunch of like blood issues then you get that little the patch the patch doesn't work if you're over like 170 pounds or something crazy like that 100 190 the, the patch too but then there's also like this little insertion thing it's like a a little rod that they like put under your skin mm-hmm. that like disperses something through your body that'll like inhibit you from getting pregnant this that and the other like it'll it won't necessarily cease your ovulation but it'll minimize the times that you are ovulating but these, these options, as we're listing them, they're not good. They're not. They're not. So... Like, people die from Nuvering all the time. Like, these options are trash. So, that's why I'm just saying, yo, if you own, if you own birth control, okay, cool. Just show me the proof and we're good money. And then it's still up to the other person mm-hmm. if they want me to use a condom or not. Like, hey, I'll, I got female condoms on me. I have male condoms. Like, yo, we can we can make this happen however you want. If you want to do this, mm-hmm. but then you get the the people that be like, "Why I gotta get? Why I gotta go get tested? Why are you being childish? Just put a condom on." Yeah, I'm gonna leave you where you at, Ma. Yeah, I'm gonna leave you where you at. Because you want me to give you some sloppy hair, but like, yo, like I, <laughs> what motherfuckers don't understand is that I love giving head. I enjoy that shit. 
Like I've been caught doing a little dance while I'm giving somebody head, and they they like didn't say anything during the process, but afterwards like yo, I saw you doing your little dance down there, you shaking your little butt like you a little dog or something. Yo, my, I get happy off the shit. Just how women out there, they get happy, they get sexually aroused, they get wet off of giving head. It's just something that I join doing. Yeah. With the dental dam, a lot of it is muted. Like, a lot of things that I enjoy doing, a lot of things that I've learned over the years of giving head that I know women enjoy, I can't do it because there's this piece of rubber right there and stopping me from doing it. And I love the taste. But yeah. Not gonna lie. Motherfuckers be out here, yeah, I like my girl. Tastes like fruit. Man, what the f- She tastes like fruit? <laughs> what the f- So she spraying herself? No, this is what she eat. False. The taste of a woman's vagina is not dictated by the type of food she eats. It's the ingredients in the food. If she has a high salt diet, her juices do have a salty taste to it. Her shit don't taste fruity, dog. Mm-hmm. She spraying she sprang her shit with some type of fruity summer's eves, or she went the bath and body she went the bath and body works. Which is, which is so bad. <laughs> exactly. Like, yo, ma, you throwing off the fucking pH balance of your vagina. Like, no. Don't do that. But it's fucked up. I had to explain to a young lady not to put soap in her vagina. Mm. Like, it's a self-cleaning organ. Mm-hmm. You can clean around it. You know, get on the lips, get the clip, get the side where your, where your thighs connect to your pelvis. That's cool. <laughs> Don't put the soap in your vagina. Yeah. Oh, no. See, this soap... This soap doesn't affect my pH balance. I'm like, that means you got something, huh? That means the doctor legit prescribed you one of these fucking soaps. Like, you probably got a bacterial infection or something like that. And I get a lot of women don't think that men know these things and they don't pay attention to it. So they'll just let that shit slide. Like, no, no, shorty. I love the female body. I'm going to learn about it. So I know what the fuck I'm doing. You know what the fuck I'm doing because you know that I know. Mm-hmm. And everybody, the, the transaction is beautiful. Mm. Can't talk about this with parents, <laughs> not African parents. Like, yo, we should, we should, though. never, I have never had the birds and the bees conversation with my mom. Mm. My mom, my mom found out I was having sex for real when she caught me having sex. <laughs> yo, my mom has caught me having sex so many times. Tell me about it. Yo, she has caught me in the house with young ladies. It was it started off where she would like catch me while they're here, but she wouldn't necessarily say nothing to me <laughs> until they left. And I'm like, why did you have that young girl in my house? I'm like, uh, we were doing homework and then we stopped and we were just hanging out. This, that, and the other. It's like, you know, no, don't have nobody in my house. This, that, and the other. Fine. Didn't listen because, you know, I'm a kid. I'm a high schooler. I'm not gonna listen to you. I know your work schedule. Why you coming? Okay. Why you coming home when you supposed to be at work? Got your stuff right on the refrigerator. Fam, fam. You, my, my mom's was a nurse. She worked twelve hours a day. I didn't have to get. <laughs> yo, I knew the moment eleven thirty hit, I had fifteen to twenty minutes before she walks through that door. Really, stop it. But nah, she's caught me having sex inside the house, 
outside the house, on the porch of the house. Oh, man. Man, it's the time she was like, she'll knock on the door, or knock on the window, tell her to go home. Why are you here? Like, yo, she'll be on the first floor of the house. We'll be on the second floor on the back porch. I'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm going out to see my friend. This is the shit that happened. I was like, I'm going out to see my friend. So we're out on the back. She's on the first one. I'm like, yo, let's go to the let's go to the upstairs. Let's go to the second floor. So we upstairs getting cracking. For whatever reason, she came upstairs to the second floor kitchen, opened the open the fucking window, started knocking. So I'll tell her to go home. I'm not even. I haven't even nutted yet. Damn. I'm upset. <laughs> I'm upset. She sat at the window until we both got dressed. Oh man. And then she didn't even she didn't even talk to me about it. She didn't say a single solitary word to me after she caught me having sex. That ain't cool, fam. But she told everybody in the family. Oh. You know how average mothers oh. are. They love to tell your business. Oh, that is so damaging. And then you go to a family function and all oh, everybody coming up to you. Why are you having sex at your mama house? Why are you having all these girls come home? Yo. You don't even live in the city. You live mm-hmm. in the suburb. How the fuck do you? Nah, and what, what have you done for me lately, by the way? Fake yeah. uncle, fake auntie, fake Yo, opinion. Fake cousins. Yo. Your older cousins, like motherfuckers in their 30s that come talk to you like, Yo, why you doing this, that, and other? Do you call me? Do you text me? Do you check up on me? Why are you worrying about what I do with my life? A birthday card somewhere, nigga. Exactly. Thank you for being a friend on some Golden Girls type shit. <laughs> No type of real interaction except for when I get in trouble or when I'm doing something bad. Well, yo, quotes. you haven't bought me a fucking toothbrush, but toothbrush. you want to come? Uh, you want to come and give me your unwarranted opinion? <laughs> Stop it. Unwarranted and unsolicited. Yo, I told my mom one day because she pissed me off. She was talking to me. It was like I had moved out, I had my own place, and she randomly popped up at my place, and she was like, "I'm outside. Come help me bring some things in." And I'm with it. I'm there with a young lady. I'm like, oh shit! All right, cool. <laughs> so I go out. I bring her in. I I put the I'm putting the stuff away, and she's looking around my house. Oh my gosh! And she sees a young lady like, cause cause the young lady was ass naked. <laughs> she was ass naked in my front room. I'm like, yo, like go put on like a shirt and one of my shorts or something, and then come sit down because my mom is downstairs. She's like, oh shit, I'm about to meet your mom. And I got dick on my breath. Damn. Don't get close to her. I don't think she knows what it smells. Just don't get close. Oh, so she's sitting on class and she's looking around. She's like, mm, that's good. I was like, yeah, thanks, Bob. You know how you been? This and that. She's like, I'm fine. Well, I'm going to go. I don't want to take up your time. I'm like, okay, I'm walking to the car. I walk into the car and she starts talking so much shit. Like, you can't just be having all these random girls showing up in your house. I'm like, yo, you don't even know. You don't even know if the young lady's my girlfriend. You don't know how many young ladies have been in my house. Why? Why are you giving me this opinion? And I was just like, you know what, mom? I love you. I know you're saying this from a good place. It's picking them up. It's fine. I know. I love you. I know you're saying this from a good place. But I do not want or need your opinion on this at all. Like... I love you, but stop it. Just, just, just stop. Like, We're about 10 years too late on this conversation. Yo, I'm 23 years old with my own place. Yeah. Why are you trying to tell me who can or cannot come into my house? Yeah. No. She got upset and didn't talk to me for a couple of months, but I was fine. Yeah. I, was, I was fine with that. And Yikes. It, yo, 
when I was living with my mother, we would go weeks, months without like speaking outside of come eat food or aren't you supposed to be going to work today? <laughs> and I was just like, why do you need to know my work schedule? <laughs> I mean, once again, I just want to remind, you know, the listeners that these topics that we started talking about sex and promiscuity and sex positivity. It always goes you know, back to um, our childhood yeah. and like a African environment. And respectability politics, it's a circular thing. We cannot, nothing lives in isolation. Nothing exists in a bubble. So we have to be mindful, you know, um, the two of us, you know, on this podcast, but also you all listening, we have to be mindful of the um, interconnectivity of, of, of these topics. Yeah. Yeah. So no, we're not just ranting about like fucked up spaces in our childhoods. Like this shit really does like affect you in so many ways when you go out into the world and try to discover yourself sexually with along with other people who also have like latent trauma that they haven't discussed too. Big facts. And then a lot of people like you cuz we can you can't necessarily we can't necessarily say that we didn't have individuals in our family who were sexually liberated and like had a sense of self in regards to this dog barks one more time, I'm going to go out there and be like pork chop. I will. Look, I got some Scooby snacks on deck. My man, because... shut up. <laughs> throw a, throw a cold piece of chicken at his ass. Like shut up, man. Damn. But no, like we like in our family community, we had aunts, we had uncles, we had cousins that were sexually liberated, sexually sexually aware that we could talk to. But the way that the culture was set up is that they kept those people at a distance. Yes. Yes. They were shady. Yep. So the people they were deviants. <laughs> the people who are supposed to be your main input in life, your close family, like your uh, uh your mom. Like uh your mom, your sisters, your brothers, your close cousins. You can't talk to them about these type of things because how the social structure in the community is mm-hmm. because calling it a family when most of these people aren't blood related yeah. is awkward but coming from an African standpoint they're family mm-hmm. like that's not going to change yeah. so having that conversation with them wouldn't happen and then you'd have these aunts and like uncles and things that are in this but they'll do shady shit they won't invite them to certain functions mm-hmm. or they won't let you, you know, go talk to them because, you know, you got this one aunt who's sexually open and you want to like, you know, you met this young girl who kind of reminds you of who she is and you want to go talk to her about this. Like, yeah. like, yo, I met this girl, this, this, and other. They won't let you do that. Yeah. They'll keep them distant. Mm-hmm. So that kind of falls into the whole familiar, whole struct, like whole culture. Like you have certain you have certain families that are hyper religious that don't necessarily, you know, believe in this type of sexual liberty. Mm. And then you compare that to how society views it where, you know, a man being sexually promiscuous is just accepted because he's a man. He's a hunter gatherer. He's that's just it. That's just in his dinner. That's in his genetics. He's supposed to go do this. He's and sowing a, his royal oats. Exactly. He's he, <laughs> Oh, he's sowing his seed in multiple fields. 
And then a woman is like, yo, one field, one farmer. Yeah. This, that, and other. Like, no, yeah. that's not. You don't even have to nut, bitch. Like, you don't even have to enjoy yourself. Yo, I met a young lady. I had sex with her the first time. And I, she knew that I nutted because she felt it. But then I kept going. And she was like, aren't you done? And I was like, yeah, I'm done. But you're done. Like, are you done? She's like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I was like, okay, we're well, going to keep doing it. And after it happened and she reached completion, she was like, I've never had a partner that cared about me getting to where I needed to go that actually helped me reach completion. And I was shocked, like, yo, niggas really out here stingy with nuts. Yeah. Like, you're not, like, you're not about to help. Like, yo, you can, you, you can make her nut from kissing, sucking on her titties, biting on her back, blowing her back out. There's so many ways that you can make there's many ways you can get a you get a woman to completion. With a nigga, it's just hut one, hut two, you're done. <laughs> it's hut one, hut two, you throwing a Hail Mary, you're out of there. <laughs> With a young lady, it's like driving a stick shift. Like, dog, you there's it's difficult to navigate it. But once you understand how to do it, you're a pro at it. Mm-hmm. You're able to figure out there's so many ways to get a woman where she needs to go that are so completely far removed from just penetration. Yeah. Like, you don't need to do that. So, seeing how that was and having that conversation with her, I started realizing, yo, there's a lack of knowledge and clarity that men have on, like, female sexuality. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of women, like, a lot of motherfuckers would be like, oh, yeah, women are too emotional, this, that, and the other. Nigga, that's how women connect. That's how women get to that area yeah. is when their emotions are involved. Like, emotion is probably 60% of the sexual experience for a woman. Yeah. And specifically, like, intimacy, right? You don't necessarily have to be in love with a dude for him to make you come, you know, or another woman for that matter, or another person in general. But you do have to connect on an intimate level for sure. There has to be a level of closeness. Mm-hmm. Like... Even if you just a food nigga and she decide, you know, <laughs> this nigga been this nigga been taking me out to Red Lobster, you know, I've been eating these cheddar biscuits on his mind. <laughs> let me let me throw him a little pussy. And <laughs> Ooh, food nigga. Yo, you the food nigga, the gas nigga, <laughs> the pick up my kid nigga. The one bill nigga. Man, yo, you th- yo. <laughs> You know, I just paid all these bills. You think you could uh, like slide me forty five dollars for my for my phone bill, nigga? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, mom, you need help with your groceries, nigga? Like, there's a whole bunch of things. Like, and then you got the the oh yeah, he finna take me out to the club. I'm finna slide him a little pussy, nigga. Uh, we gotta we gotta grease the wheels. Yeah. Exactly, like yo yo, like yeah. shorty be like, man, you no she, romance she, with the finance. I'm just saying, man. Some of these, some of these young ladies, uh, they'll have a nigga where they just give him pussy just because they like the dick, and then the rest of y'all, y'all gotta pay the plate. Y'all, y'all have to do. Y'all have to provide her with something. Some level of security, some cushioning, you know, because sex is so um, demonized and estranged in the female psyche. 
oftentimes, you know, we have to find reasons for it to be appropriate to express ourselves with someone in that way. But also, like, you know, motherfuckers live in a world where money is, where cash is king, and, you know, you want to pay for shit? Hey, it is what it is. It don't really matter what the reason is, like, as long as both parties are being satisfied. I'm just saying, I had one shorty. She was uh, fucking a dude that I would count as a homie in high school, and he wasn't... He wasn't a good guy. Like, he was very manipulative. And he was, like, leading her on, this, that, and the other. And we met through him. So, they had a little falling out. But she and I were still cool. So, she hits me up. And she comes over a couple of times. And we just kicking it, playing the game, talking. She'll spend the night. I'm like, all right, you can go crash in my bed. You know, I'll sleep on the couch, this, that, and the other. That was, like, the first night. The second night of her coming over, she was like, oh, yo, you can come lay in the bed with me. <laughs> Going I was like, oh, oh, work. It's going down. So I slide, I slide in the bed or whatever, you know, because I'm still not trying to, I'm not trying to assume anything. So you know, I grab my own blanket and shit, and I get on the bed, and she's like, "What you need that for? Isn't it hot?" And I was like, "Oh, so we can share." <laughs> I mean, you know, cool. So she starts stripping, and I'm like, again, I'm not trying to overthink. I'm not trying to assume nothing. I was like, you sleep naked? She's like, what we're talking about here, guys, is consent. <laughs> <laughs> a lot Ooh. of you, a lot of you male and females don't know what the fuck that is. Yeah. Y'all think, oh, this person is quote unquote this to you. You're entitled to that dick. You're yeah. entitled to that pussy. Yeah, yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> No, 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 but we are we are real 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 picky heavy into that consent shit over here Bow, bow. So she got naked. <laughs> Boy, the moment she got naked, everything flew off of me. I'm like, shit, I've been waiting for this. And uh, so she disclosed to me that she and the homie never fucked. It was all, you know, kissing, cuddling. She'll give him head. He'll be like, oh, that's nice. Hmm. Yeah, he ain't never give her head. Wow. So when I gave her some head... Huh. She, that was that. She fell in love. What? And then she and I remained friends. Like, she would tell me about this, you know, guy that she liked, this and the other. I'm like, yo, go for it, mom. And every time I would say that, she'll get confused. Be like, what do you mean, go for it? I was like, what, what, what do you mean, what do I mean, go for it? Like, you like the guy, go for it. She's like, don't you feel, like, awkward? I mean, you and I have never had a discussion about getting into a relationship with one another. So I'm not going to assume that I have any reason to be upset. Like, if you and I were to be talking about this, talking about us entering into a relationship, then I'd be like, yo, why are you talking about this other motherfucker? But we haven't. I'm just your friend that you come over, we play Smash Bros, we play Tekken, <laughs> we fuck, I yeah. order food or I cook for you. We Smash Bros. And then, yo, we Smash Bros. <laughs> <laughs> you right about that. Like, yo, I'm not gonna be upset. And that's, and that's how, through that interaction with her, is how I realized who I am sexually when I'm single mm -hmm. and when I'm in a relationship. Because mm -hmm. when I'm in a relationship, yes, 
another woman sexually arouses me. Yes, I have sexual thoughts and inclinations to another woman, but that's Action. not my woman. Action. I'm not finna I'm not finna slide in no inboxes. Yep. I'm not finna say no wild shit to her because I got a lady. Like, I'm sure your pussy nice, ma. But hers is mine. Like, this is, like, it's fucked up to say this in an objectifying way, but it's like a motherfucker that got a nice car, and then you got your car. Hmm. Like, yeah, that's his motherfucker. His car look nice. It's running smooth, this, that, and the other, but this is my car. Hmm. My car been with me through long-ass road trips, through fucking... Through fucking mental breakdowns where you just driving down Lakeshore Drive, blasting music to yourself. Sometimes you want to park on Midway Pliances. I don't even know how the fuck to pronounce that shit. Ownership is cool as long as both parties agree to it. Like okay. if it's yours, you know. why are you why are you going out for some other shit? Hmm. Like that's that's stupid to me. But don't get me wrong. I also But I also um have developed the mindset of in my sexual awakening that I will never step out of my relationship. But if a motherfucker want to step out of theirs with me, I ain't. <laughs> <laughs> you, you could be a side nigga. Hey, yo, I'm a I'm a wonderful side so nigga. To have no side I'm a wonderful <laughs> side nigga. I'm never gonna ha- I'm never gonna have my lady out here looking stupid. I'm never. There's no woman on this motherfucking earth that can say I cheated on them first. First, they can never say there's no woman on this planet that can say she was able to do anything with me while I was in a committed relationship. And if they can come out and lie, I got receipts. Every phone that I've ever had from high school until now is in my possession. No messages have been deleted. Shorty, shorty, I'll lie if you want to. What, what, when do we do this? During what time? Ma, I didn't even have your number in my phone. What was my number back in the day? That's how you catch a motherfucking a lie. So that's how. So through that big tangent, <laughs> that's how I've grown into what I am now. Is I don't judge people for their sexual experiences, lack thereof, and I'm more protective of myself. But I'm out there. Yeah. So that's why I feel. This whole whole culture type shit is stupid. And a lot of more young people need individuals in their life that they can go to and feel safe talking about this. So that they don't have to go through a tumultuous growth cycle. Yes. And deal with the trauma of feeling like, okay, if I express myself in this way with this person sexually, that's... How can I say this? That's not clarification, but I feel validated. That's validation of who I am as a person mm-hmm. versus, oh, if I don't do this, I'm, I'm seen as less as a person. Mm-hmm. Or if I do this a lot with different people, I'm seen as less as a person. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this is, uh, this is getting a little, this is getting a little long here and I don't want to, I don't want to hold y'all up. So, from everybody here at the LSD podcast, we uh, just want you, you know, be safe out there. Yeah. Enjoy life. Communicate. Be great. 
Talk with yourself. Talk with uh, learn, close to you. Learn your, a lot of people be like, you need to love yourself before you love others. You need to learn yourself mm-hmm. before you love others. Mm-hmm. Because you can, you can have a feeling of self-worth and self-love. But if you don't know who you are, you will be fucking miserable your entire life. So just like, think about who, the, who, who you are, who you want to be, what you will and will not accept. To the loo. And we out. <laughs>